Democrats are deeply bothered by the new CIA revelations that Vladimir Putin attempted to influence the presidential election in order to help Trump. They're right to be upset. The notion that one of the world's worst dictators hacked the Democratic National Committee in an attempt to boost a candidate's power should be kind of troubling. But they haven't typically been upset about such things in the past when they benefit Democrats. Take, for example, Barack Obama. Go all the way back to March 2012, when Obama met with Putin's stooge and then-Russian President Dmitry Medvedev. Obama was caught on a live mic telling Medvedev, quote, on all these issues, but particularly missile defense, this can be solved, but it's important for him to give me space. And Medvedev said, yes, I understand. I understand your message about space, space for you. To which Obama said, this is my last election. After my election, I have more flexibility. And Medvedev answered genially, I understand. I will transmit to Vladimir. Democrats were fine with that. In fact, they then proceeded to spend the rest of the election cycle mocking Mitt Romney for stating that Russia posed the, ge- the greatest geopolitical threat to the United States. Obama himself mocked Romney by saying during a debate, quote, the 1980s are now calling to ask for their foreign policy back. He then handed control of Syria to Putin, and then he followed by doing nothing when Russia invaded Ukraine. Let's go back a little bit further to 1983. Senator Teddy Kennedy wanted to run for president, so he sent his friend John Tunney to Moscow. In Moscow, Tunney told the head of the Soviet Union, Yuri Andropov, that he wanted a deal. According to Forbes, quote, Kennedy's message was simple. He proposed an unabashed quid pro quo. Kennedy would lend Andropov a hand in dealing with President Reagan. In return, the Soviet leader would lend the Democratic Party a hand in challenging Reagan in the 1984 presidential election. The only real potential threats to Reagan are problems of war and peace and Soviet-American relations, the memo stated. These issues, according to the senator, will without a doubt become the most important of the election campaign. Apparently, Kennedy offered to help Andropov get TV interviews in the U.S., and he offered to visit Moscow. The deal didn't work out, but Democrats ignored the reports when they finally broke in 2009. Or check out 1960. Here's Craig Shirley and Andrew Shirley reporting, quote, In 1960, the Soviets held U-2 pilot Gary Powers after his plane crashed illegally in Russia, and specifically delayed his release until after the presidential elections. They used Powers as a bargaining chip, and according to Khrushchev himself, it worked. In his memoirs, the Soviet leader stated, We kept Nixon from being able to claim he could deal with the Russians. Our ploy made a difference of at least half a million votes, which gave Kennedy the edge he needed. Democrats complaining about Russian elections interference are breaking with historical precedent. It's also worth noting that so are Republicans, who suddenly don't seem to care about Russian involvement so long as it benefits their guy, but the hypocrisy of the Democrats is certainly on full display. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Alrighty, so much to talk about today here on the Ben Shapiro Show, and we'll get to all of it. But first, we have to say hello to our friends over at NatureBox, naturebox.com slash Shapiro. So, if you're looking for healthier snacks around the office, really tasty, delicious snacks, all the people around the office, I think, are eating it right now. NatureBox product is fantastic. If you go to naturebox.com, then you can get all sorts of different options. They have everything from sweets, baked treats, things like mini cocoa Belgian waffles and whole wheat vanilla animal cookies to chips, pretzels, and dips, dried fruit, fried chips dried fruit and fruit chews. They have granola and oatmeal. They even have jerky. Uh, yeah, uh, all the people in the office really enjoy all the stuff that we get from NatureBox. They have 100 snacks to choose from. They're constantly adding delicious new ones, and they taste great, and they are better for you. They're lower cal. They are free from artificial colors, flavors, or sweeteners, so you can feel really good about snacking. Great office treat, particularly for buying for the whole office, and you just want to stock up on the table. NatureBox.com slash Shapiro, and you get 50% off your first order, which is a pretty hefty discount. NatureBox.com slash Shapiro. Okay, so over the weekend, the big breaking news, of course, was that the, the CIA basically suggested that Vladimir Putin, shirtless riding a horse, 
had decided to hack uh, the U.S. election. Not that he hacked the election results, but by hacking the DNC and helping out WikiLeaks by revealing information about Hillary Clinton, that this had made Hillary Clinton president. Now, the CIA didn't say that. The CIA didn't say that they made Hillary president. They said that was Putin's intent, that what Putin wanted out of life was for Hillary Clinton not to be president of the United States. He wanted Donald Trump to be president of the United States. Here was the Washington Post's original report. They said, quote, Intelligence agencies have identified individuals with connections to the Russian government who provided WikiLeaks with thousands of hacked emails from the DNC and others, including Hillary's campaign chairman, according to U.S. officials. Those officials described the individuals as actors known to the intel community and part of a wider Russian operation to boost Trump and hurt Clinton's chances. NPR seconded that report. Now, here's the thing. We haven't seen any of that intelligence ourselves, right? So we can't really gauge whether this intelligence is good or bad or whether it's accurate or not. So we have to decide between two sources, the CIA or Donald Trump. So Donald Trump responded. The Trump transition team did something that I think is actually really, really stupid. They released this statement and said, These are the same people that said Saddam Hussein had released weapons of mass destruction. The election ended a long time ago in one of the biggest electoral college victories in history. It's now time to move on and make America great again. These are two separate issues. Okay, two things can be true at once. The Russians tried to hack the DNC in order to help Trump, and Trump would have won anyway. Okay, I think Trump would have won anyway, because the fact is that what actually stopped Trump, if you want to look at the news cycle, what actually hurt Trump was not the WikiLeaks particularly, what helped Trump was not the WikiLeaks particularly. It was the Comey investigation, which wasn't based on the WikiLeaks, remember. The Comey investigation was based on Hillary's email servers, and if she hadn't hidden the emails in the first place, it wouldn't have been an issue. And it was based on the the, the fact that he found all sorts of Hillary emails on Anthony Weiner's laptop. Well, Anthony Weiner's laptop wasn't hacked by the Russians. So it really had, one didn't have anything to do with the other. Also, if you look at the polls, what you really see is that Hillary was wildly unpopular from the beginning of the election cycle, and she never was able to get out of that funk. She was never able to break out of that. It's not the Russians' fault that Hillary Clinton is the worst presidential candidate in the history of American politics. You, you can't blame that one on shirtless Vladimir Putin. That said, Trump's statement here is really dumb because instead of him just saying, look, this is something that ought to be investigated, but we won the election fair and square. There's no evidence that Americans voted for me because they were, were persuaded by Putin's leaks. Instead of saying that, instead he goes directly at the CIA and just denies the veracity of the report, which is a really simple-minded way of doing these things. It's really dumb because now he's created a rift with the intelligence agencies who supposedly he's going to be relying on to give him national security updates. And that's a problem. I mean, first of all, him just dumping out there, these are the same people that said Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction— to be accurate, the CIA said that Saddam Hussein was probably pursuing weapons of mass destruction. They didn't say 100% certainty Saddam Hussein has weapons of mass destruction. Also, he keeps trotting out this fib that this is the biggest electoral college victory ever. It's not. It's 44th out of 54 elections. So actually, it's not a particularly large electoral college win. None of that matters. The bottom line is that he's created a rift with the intel community that's not particularly smart. It's just not particularly smart. Kellyanne Conway kind of knows that it's smart, and so she's on national TV trying to walk that back, saying that, no, 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 you're, you're missing the point. Trump actually likes the intelligence community. He respects the intelligence community. He's going to be president. You keep saying he respects it, but he's saying he doesn't believe their conclusions. He's saying specifically he does not believe the conclusion of 17 agencies that Russia was involved here. The conclusion that this helped him win and Hillary Clinton lose. That's, that, that's what he said very no, clearly. But that's and then she's lying. That's not what Trump said. He didn't say that, that it was about that. First of all, the CIA never said that, that Putin made Hillary Clinton lose. They said that that was... Putin's intent, but they didn't say, here's our elections analysis demonstrating that this was what cost, Trump, what, what cost Hillary Clinton uh, the election cycle. It is going to be a serious rift here. Here's what Trump actually had to say. Again, Trump has no evidence, as far as I'm aware, that what the CIA is saying is wrong, that this was not Putin's intent. 
You know, he has no. Again, it, I think that all that happened here is that Donald Trump doesn't like the result the CIA is coming up with, and so now he's going to rip on the CIA. Whether you believe the CIA or not is irrelevant. Actually, all that matters here is that Donald Trump has no evidence that the CIA is actually wrong. He's just saying this because he doesn't like the conclusion, which is that Vladimir Putin was trying to help him out. Which, by the way, was clearly true all the way through the election cycle. Okay, the fact is, we'll get to this in a second. You can see sort of why Vladimir Putin was trying to help him out, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Here's what Trump said about this whole debacle. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's just another excuse. Uh, I don't believe it. Uh, I, I don't know why. And uh, I think it's just, uh, you know, they talked about uh, all sorts of things. Every week it's another excuse. We had a massive landslide victory, as you know, in the Electoral College. I guess the final numbers are now at 306. And she, you know, down to a very low number. Uh, no, I don't believe that at all. Okay, so the, he's right that the Democrats pushing this is the reason she lost. That's crap. But for him to attack the CIA is really dumb. And you can see why Donald Trump was, why Vladimir Putin would want Donald Trump. You can. I mean, let's be frank about this. This is just the stuff that Trump said during the election about what was happening with, with Russia. Here's, here's all of the stuff that, that Trump said during the election. I mean, it could be Russia, but it could also be China. It could also be lots of other people. It also could be somebody sitting on their bed that weighs 400 pounds, okay? I don't know Putin. He said nice things about me. If we got along well, that would be good. If Russia and the United States got along well and went after ISIS, that would be good. But again, he kills journalists that don't agree with him. Well, I think uh, our country does plenty of killing also, Joe. So, you know. Okay, so you can see why Vladimir Putin might be a little warm toward this guy, because clearly Trump is pretty warm towards him. By the way, I do have to say, every time we show a split screen of Hillary Clinton, I'm immensely relieved that I don't have to look at, look at her as president of the United States. That's a wonderful thing. Can you imagine the horror show that would be? Woo! But, um, but here's how the Democrats react. So Democrats can't just—here's the thing about Democrats in the media. They cannot just take the story at face value. Vladimir Putin wants Trump to be president. That's probably not good for the United States. It's not good if Vladimir Putin, who's one of the worst dictators on the planet, uh, a fellow who actually has Soviet-style ambitions, right? They, for, for, they, they can't just make the claim that those people wanted Trump to be president and that's bad and Trump is catering to those people. That would be a legit criticism. Instead, they have to turn it into, no, 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 Hillary actually won. Hillary actually won if it hadn't been for Vladimir Putin. If it hadn't been for Putin, then Hillary definitely, definitely would have won. Here is CNN guest saying that just yes, yesterday. Bob, if just I'm hearing fact. you correctly, you're saying we should have another election? How would that work? Is that plausible? When a foreign country interferes in your election and the outcome is in doubt and legitimacy of the government, I don't know how it works constitutionally. I'm not a lawyer, constitutional lawyer. But I'm deeply disturbed by the fact that the Russians interfered and I would like to see the evidence, because if the evidence is there, I don't see any other way than to, to vote again. I mean, I, as an American citizen. Okay, this is crazy towns. Okay, it's crazy towns. Again, there's no evidence to suggest that Putin actually succeeded, and that's what cost Hillary Clinton the election. In fact, as Nate Silver points out, if Clinton lost the election because of an event, it was really not having to do with Russia. It was having to do with James Comey of the FBI revealing information about how the investigation was still ongoing or had been reinvigorated like a week and a half before the election. Here's Nate Silver, uh, the, the pollster. He said, quote, there's more evidence late deciding voters broke strongly against Clinton in swing states enough to cost her Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. I'll put it like this. Clinton almost certainly would be president elect if the election had been held October 27th, the day before the Comey letter. 
And that's probably right. But again, that has to do with the Comey letter. It doesn't have to do with the Putin hacks. But the entire left is taking it as though Putin made Trump president, which is absolute nonsense. There's no evidence for that. Here's a Time editor, Michael Duffy, and he's making a different argument. He's suggesting that what's really going on here is that the Russians could be blackmailing Trump, which, again, no evidence of this. We know from the campaign, John, that Democratic emails were vacuumed up and leaked. We don't know exactly how much was vacuumed up from the Republican emails, but we now know from the intelligence, the reports about the intelligence community's assessment that they also got Republican emails, which means someone, in, if that's true, and, and of course the RNC has denied this, but if it's true, and it stands to reason that it may be true, then someone in Moscow or in Russia is holding onto all of those emails too. Yeah. And those affect not Hillary Clinton, but Donald Trump, presumably, as he steps into the role of president. Right. So. Whatever force in the, Russia that is in control of this information or this now stands in a position to exert some leverage, if it is true, right. over the future president. It, it's, it's worth Okay, so again, there's no evidence of this, but the Democrats have to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Claire McCaskill, the senator from Missouri, she says that this Russian election interference is a form of warfare, using pretty extreme language here. How about this issue of Russian involvement? American election. We saw these reports over the weekend. We've been talking about them of the CIA saying they were trying to tip the scales for Donald Trump. You've now got these bipartisan calls for an investigation. You support that? Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, um, this should be not only about protecting us going forward, but this is a form of warfare. Uh, for Vladimir Putin, who is a thug and a bully and has the friends around the globe that we don't want to be friends with, for him to be trying to impact our elections, that we have to, there has to be, he has to be held accountable. And How? that's why this has to, well, that's, that's, some of that's classified, I believe. And I don't think it's something that we can discuss on TV, but I've had briefings just this last week that indicate that this is a very serious issue for the American people to understand and for Donald Trump to dismiss out of hand the intelligence community's fact gathering is frankly um, doesn't bode well for him protecting our country okay so this is all you know it's funny to watch Democrats suddenly hot and bothered about Russia as I said earlier the Democrats didn't care about Russia when it was Barack Obama doing the doing the catering here was the, the incident I mentioned earlier, Barack Obama, Dmitry Medvedev caught in a hot mic, Obama offering flexibility to Russia in return for their help in the 2012 election. My last election, yeah. Um, After my election, I have more flexibility. Yeah. 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 I understand. I trust this about this. Okay, so again, it is amazing for the Democrats how they are perfectly willing to have Russia intervene in our elections so long as it's Democrats who are, who are working with the Russians. If it were Trump working with the Russians, it's the end of the world. Now, the, 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 Trump makes this point, by the way, and he makes it exactly right. He tweeted out earlier today, and this is 100% true uh, about this. Here's what he tweeted. Uh, this is the... Uh, there we go. Can you imagine if the election results were the opposite and we tried to play the Russia CIA card, it would be called a conspiracy theory. That, of course, is 100 percent true. If, if he tried to do that, everybody would call it a conspiracy theory and say it was nonsense. Now the entire media are pushing that conspiracy theory. It's still nonsense. There's no evidence to suggest that Russia is what won this election for Donald Trump. They were trying to help. That is probably true. They probably hacked the DNC. That is probably true. But they, the, the idea that they were the deciding factor rather than the American people rejecting Hillary Clinton, I haven't seen evidence of that at all. Now, one of the things that has happened here is that people like me, Republicans, conservatives, we look at the Democrats and we laugh at them. Because these are the same people who were saying about Mitt Romney in 2012. Look at that crazy Mitt Romney, that crazy Romney guy talking about Russia like it's all threatening and stuff. Look at that crazy Romney fellow. And now here they are saying, oh, the Russians. 
Oh, those evil Russians. We got to stop the evil Russians. They're the ones who are screwing us, the Russians. And so we say, yeah, you're hypocrites. Okay, the, hypo- the hypocrisy argument works both ways. If you were really bothered about the Russians in 2012, but now you're totally fine with Russia intervening in our elections, let me recommend to you that you take a look at something called basic intellectual honesty. If your gauge, on the left or the right, if your gauge is good for Trump is, or bad for Trump is the only thing that matters, if you're on the left and your only gauge of whether something is positive is whether it is bad for Trump, let me suggest to you that you have no moral center. Because it turns out Trump takes a lot of variety of positions on a lot of different issues, and he switches those positions frequently. And so just because it's bad for Trump doesn't mean that it's good for the country if you're on the left. And if you think that, you need a different moral center. And if you're on the right, just because it's good for Trump doesn't mean it's good for the country. Okay, Just because the Russians helped out Trump this time doesn't mean the Russians are our friends, or that this is a good thing, or that this is something that we should, that we should be excited about as the Russians trying to intervene in an American election. It's not something that's positive. Foreign countries hacking into American institutions and getting involved is not, a, is not a good thing for the United States. Listen, we complained about it when Obama did it to Israel. Certainly, we should complain about it when the Russians do it to us, even if the outcome is something that we would prefer. Now, I have to say hello to our, our friends over at TrunkClub.com. Uh, Trunk Club, this is, if you've noticed that I've upgraded my wardrobe in the, in the last few months, that's because I've been using Trunk Club. If not, then you just have terrible taste in clothes. But TrunkClub.com is the place to go if you're interested in getting top-notch brands. And also, more importantly, you actually get to work with a stylist. So what you do is you, you use their, their service. You go to trunkclub.com slash Ben, and they hook you up with a stylist. The stylist tells you what kind of clothes are good for you. you. You say what kind of clothes you want, and they take all your measurements, and then they send you the clothes in a box, and you can either pick them, you can choose to keep them, or you can send them back to them uh, for no charge. And it, it really is fantastic. And in a bunch of major cities like Dallas, New York, L.A., Chicago, D.C., Charleston, you actually go into one of their centers, and they'll actually have a stylist sit with you and go through the clothes you're looking for. And they have some warehouses full of clothes where they can they can try things on you. They have tailoring on the premises. You can even send stuff to them to tailor it for a small fee. Uh, they're really it, it can be your one-stop shop for clothes. And better you should own a few pairs of really nice clothes than that you should get a bunch of crap from, from the local from the local store that's going to wear, wear out and not look very good. They're backed by Nordstrom. Stylists have access to some of the best designer brands in the country. Go to trunkclub.com slash Ben, trunkclub.com slash Ben. Uh, they're opening a new factory, I think, in Boston, uh, and, uh, and they are really professional. They're really great. I've worked with one of their stylists uh, to, to get a nice pair of jeans, and also I got a jacket. Spent some of my own money, actually, because I think the clothes that they, they put out there are, are really, really nice, the clothes that they uh, that they. Uh, sell to you are, are really great. I got this really nice khaki jacket that you may see any night on Making Kelly's show. <laughs> um, but it's trunkclub.com slash Ben. Go there. Check it out. Great service. Trunk Club. Okay, so the, so as I say, if your sole gauge of decency is whether it helps Trump or not, then you need a different moral center. You need a different moral center. And you're seeing Republicans react in a couple of different ways. You're seeing a lot of Republicans uh, who are close to the Trump team basically saying, we're going to pretend that Vladimir Putin doesn't exist or that he's a nice guy and that he's sexy with his shirt off because he helped our boy. Jason Miller is a spokesperson for, for Trump, for the Trump campaign. He, he came out and he said this. He said, what this is is an attempt to delegitimize President-elect Trump's win. So uh, there's talk of a bipartisan probe of the Russian hacking saying this is an attempt to delegitimize President-elect Trump's win. Or maybe it's just an attempt to look into the fact that we need to strengthen our institutions so that the Russians can't hack us and then reveal information. It's all fun and games, gang, until it turns out that, that Vladimir Putin decides that he's going to use the power of the hack against people that we like. Right? What happens when Donald Trump decides to cross Vladimir Putin over some issue? And next thing you know, Vladimir Putin has had his, his lackeys hack into Trump's email 
and you're getting and you're getting the French porn tape people were talking about this entire election cycle, right? I mean, well, what happens when all that happens? It's nothing good. Chuck Todd was uh, was on with Reince Priebus, and Reince was doing his usual shilling routine. Here is here's Reince pretending that nothing is happening with Vladimir Putin. Everything is great with Vladimir Putin. Do you believe? Let's just clear this up. Do you believe? Does the president-elect believe that Russia was trying to muddy up and get involved in the election in 2016? Number one, you don't know it, I don't know it, and there's been no conclusive or specific report to say otherwise. So that's the first thing. The second thing I would tell you is that you don't have any proof that the outcome of the election was changed. Forget about who did the hacking. Do you want to know? Even if someone did the hacking. Does, it, no, you don't have any. Donald tell Trump me how you know, know that. Does he want to what know? specific? Of Does course he, we want to know. So there's going to be an investigation? We he wants an investigation on Capitol Hill? Of course. I, I, listen, I don't know what investigations he wants, but we, yes, we do want to know. But what I don't want to do, Chuck, is have a debate with you over an unnamed source that the article said was inconclusive over who hacked and why they hacked. Look, someone hacked. We don't like that. I don't like it. No one wants it. We want to protect American interests. It's America first. I don't want the DNC hacked. I don't want anybody hacked, but I don't know who did the hacking. That's my point. So why do you oppose point? an investigation? Then why do you oppose an investigation? Why is Jason Miller out there saying that there shouldn't be any investigation? You just say you want to know, but then you don't want an investigation. Intellectually dishonest, and I'm going to call it out when it is intellectually dishonest. If the left is being intellectually dishonest because suddenly they care that Russia is getting involved in our elections, and they were fine with it in 2012, I'll call that out. And when the right, which opposed Vladimir Putin's dictatorial nonsense for literally my entire life, now comes out and says, well, you know, we don't really care whether they're hacking or if they are hacking. Maybe it's just a 400-pound guy. Sure, there were 17 different reports from intelligence agencies suggesting Russian involvement in the hacks. But, you know, no need for an investigation. Let's not jump the gun. It's just it's, – it's utter, it's utter foolishness, and that's, that's a problem for me. Well, we'll talk more about this, plus more breaking news on, on Trump's secretary of state. And uh, Trump did a big interview over the weekend, and we'll talk about some of the things that he said. Uh, and uh, we'll get things I like and things I hate. So much more coming up over at DailyWire.com. Go over there, check it out, subscribe. $8 a month gets you a subscription to DailyWire.com. If you get an annual subscription, you get a signed copy of my book, True Allegiance. And I think that that, that deal is going to expire pretty soon. So you want to go over there and check it out now. Plus, we have uh, a store that's going to be opening up in the next few weeks uh, with gear, and you get big discounts on that. We have lots of good stuff coming at DailyWire.com. You get to be part of the mailbag on Thursdays. And as I say, lots of goodies coming that I can't wait to tell you about as time progresses. So go over there and subscribe, dailywire.com, and become part of the largest conservative podcast on the interwebs. So again, just because you don't, just because you don't mind what Putin did here doesn't mean that it's, it isn't bad what Putin did here. It's shock of shocks. The only people who are willing to stand up and say this are people who normally we dislike, right? People like Mitch McConnell and John McCain. Here's John McCain saying, yeah, of course this requires an investigation. In terms of this investigation into Russian efforts with the election, do you want a just regular old through the Senate investigation? Do you want a special commission? Do you want a select I'd like to, committee? I'd, I would like in an ideal world to have a select committee. And why um, is that important? Explain and, to people. But that. but that would ha I would want that to be that would be a uh, either a Senate um, the uh, leaders of the Intelligence Committee, Foreign Relations, uh, in, um, and Armed Services, obviously. But that takes a long time. It takes a lot of negotiating, et cetera. So on the Armed Services Committee, by the way, I've worked very closely with Richard Burr 
uh, with uh, uh, Senator Cardin and, and Senator Corker. We, we work closely together. So, but what we're going to do in the meantime is going to have a subcommittee on the Armed Services Committee. I'm going to ask Senator Lindsey Graham, who's as smart as anybody on this issue, to be the chair along with one of the, a really smart Democrat. And we'll go to work on it. We'll go to work immediately because the issue of cyber is not a static issue. But on this question of the election, yeah, you're trying that to get politics be part out of it. it. You've that said would, you want it to be yeah. bipartisan. It President-elect says this is basically cooked up by the Democrats. How do you squeeze the politics if, out of this? Because I am confident, well, uh, Chuck Schumer in, in the uh, statement we made this morning, Chuck Schumer said we would be working on a bipartisan basis. You can't make this issue partisan. It, it's just, it's too important. A fundamental of a democracy is a free and fair election. And again, I'm saying they're doing this in other countries, not, ju not just this one. So yeah. I am confident that we can address this in a bipartisan way. So the way this is going to be pitched by a lot of people you're going to hear in the conservative media is look at that cuck John McCain. Look at that guy who wants an investigation. Why can't we just believe Trump? The answer is that you shouldn't just believe Trump because Trump has no additional information that McCain doesn't have, right? I mean, the fact is Donald Trump has an interest in there not being an investigation because what he's afraid is the investigation will show that they actually made moves that shifted votes. That's what he's afraid of, right? Always ask yourself in these situations, what is everybody afraid of? What is everybody afraid of? The Democrats are not afraid of anything because either way this goes, they win, right? If Russia interfered in the election, but it didn't cost... Trump, it didn't cost Hillary the election, then they get to say Russia interfered on Trump's behalf. Look how nice this is. What a lot of Republicans are afraid of is that they'll go in here and two things will be exposed. One, that Putin was actively trying to get Trump elected, which demonstrates that Trump is really weak on Russia. And two, that it actually shifted votes. But that's not an excuse for why we shouldn't be investigating that, because, again, this is a bad thing. Again, this is a bad thing. And I hate to say that Mitch McConnell is right, but Mitch McConnell is right. The Senate Majority Leader, here's what he had to say about the Russians. Well, let me just speak for myself. Uh, the Russians are not our friends. They invaded Crimea. Uh, Senator McCain and I and some of uh, our Democratic friends met with a delegation from the Baltic countries uh, just this past week uh, to say that they're nervous about the Russians, to put it mildly. But let me also say, as I said last year, NATO's important. Uh, we intend to keep the commitments that are made in the NATO uh, uh, agreement, which I think by any objective standard has probably been one of the most, if not the most successful military alliance in world history. And I think we ought to approach all of these issues on the assumption that the Russians uh, do not wish us well. Okay, one of the things that's been so amazing about, about how the Republican Party has broken down here is all of the so-called rhinos are now the ones who are standing up and saying that they ha they're going to stand yeah, on principle because they don't mind breaking with Trump. And a lot of the people who are who are supposedly very conservative have gone totally silent about this stuff because they're afraid of crossing Trump because they don't know what Trump's going to be yet. And that's troubling to me. I mean, that suggests to me that, you know, McConnell, I don't trust McConnell and McCain either. I don't trust either of them. And I don't think that these are people who are pure as the driven snow. I don't think that their motives are simply to get to the bottom of this. I think that they're OK if the, if the solution ends up being anti-Trump. I think they can live with that because neither McConnell nor McCain are big fans of Trump. But that doesn't change the action. The motives don't change the action. This is one thing I'm very big on. Motives matter a lot less than action. Action matters a lot more. So if McConnell and McCain do the right thing, I'll give them credit for doing the right thing here. And I'm not going to give credit to people who are trying to, to cover up Putin's involvement just because their motive is to protect Donald Trump against the cucks and against the rhinos and against the left. That's, that's silly. Okay, now... That wasn't the only thing that happened over the weekend. Donald Trump essentially announced on Saturday that he was going to appoint Rex Tillerson, who's the Exxon CEO, 
uh, to his Secretary of State. This I, I find absolutely hilarious. So, as I said before, I mean, we actually showed video of what Mitt Romney was going to be when all this was over. We showed video, you recall, just a few episodes ago. And the video was video of Ned Stark presenting his head to Joffrey and Joffrey immediately taking it. And that's basically what happened here. Mitt Romney met with Trump at Trump Tower and then and, and came out and said he thinks Trump's just going to be wonderful, 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 wonderful. And then Trump ignores him and picks Rex Tillerson, who doesn't believe any of the things that Romney believes about foreign policy. Here's Donald Trump talking about Rex Tillerson, the Exxon CEO, and saying why he deserves to be Secretary of State. Let me ask you about Rex Tillerson, okay. head of ExxonMobil. Why does a business executive make sense as the chief diplomat? Well, in his case, he's much more than a business executive. I mean, he's a world-class player. He's in charge of, I guess, the largest company in the world. He's in charge of a, an oil company that's pretty much double the size of his next nearest competitor. It's been a company that's been unbelievably managed. And to me, a great advantage is he knows many of the players. And he knows him well. He does massive deals in Russia. He does massive deals for the company, not for himself, for the company. He's the secretary. No, of no. State. But I have, I have <laughs> tremendous respect for him. He's a world class player. I'm trying to get you to. But say I have it. others. I know you are, <laughs> and you're doing very well. But I have others also that I think. I mean, Bob Corker is a fantastic guy. Mitt Romney. I've really gotten to know him, and I get along with him really well. And so he picks Rex Tillerson. And I don't, I don't mind, by the way, that he's a businessman. I mean, honestly, Mitt Romney's experience in foreign policy is pretty limited, other than his experience as a businessman. Remember, he was governor of Massachusetts. Who cares? Uh, and he was a presidential candidate. Who cares? Been lots of presidential candidates. So that, I don't think that Tillerson is a significant downgrade in terms of record from Romney. Where he is a downgrade is that he's very, very warm with Vladimir Putin. And this apparently uh, is a key element of Donald Trump's foreign policy strategy. Uh, he, this is according to Politico. In June 2008, ExxonMobil CEO Rex Tillerson attended the St. Petersburg Economic Forum, Russia's answer to Davos, its way of showing itself to the world as a kind of economic powerhouse that can attract executives like Rex Tillerson. It was a key and very shaky moment for Russia. Putin was bowing out after his second term as president of Russia, and his successor was debuting at the forum. And they talk about Tillerson mounting the stage. He chastised the Russian government for the way that it was operating, right? And then he said that the Kremlin must improve the functioning of its judiciary system and its judiciary. There is no respect for the rule of law in Russia today. But it's very hard to imagine him saying something similar today, given the fact that he has been given the Russian order of friendship by Vladimir Putin. He's also dependent on that friendship. In 2011, he negotiated a multi-billion dollar deal between ExxonMobil and Rosneft, the Russian state oil giant cobbled out of the seized empire of one of the oligarchs and run by Putin's former KGB buddy, Igor Sashin. Tillerson thought that, that he didn't I – mean, he sent a deputy uh, to Russia for the, last, for the last one of these events uh, in 2014 after Russia seized Crimea. And um, apparently the, his, his boy told journalists, quote, my message to Russia is simple. It's business as usual. So yeah, Tillerson is very warm toward Russia. That's been widely reported. That's not the world's hugest shock. Um, but again, it is troubling, and it should be troubling to everybody, and he should be asked some tough questions by people on the Hill. If you're wondering why Vladimir Putin was very warm to the idea of Donald Trump as president of the United States, that's another reason why he was very warm to that idea. Meanwhile, Donald Trump is talking like a Democrat on the market. Still, here's what Donald Trump had to say in an interview about companies that outsource their jobs. You recently intervened with Carrier to save about a thousand jobs right. from moving to Mexico. And you've said 
at one of your rallies, you're asking for a list of 10 companies that are thinking of outsourcing so you can call them as well. Should the President of the United States be calling companies? I mean, how would you have felt if Barack Obama gets on the phone and says, hey, Donald, here's how I want you to do business? I would have been honored. So let me just tell you. Honored? I don't have to do it myself. I have great people. We have top, top smart people. But it's so easy to do. And we're going to have to impose a major tax on companies that leave, build their product, and think they're going to sell it right through our border like we're a bunch of jerks. But we're what about the to, free market, sir? That, that is, that's not free market when they go out and they move and they sell back into our country. But that's the free market. They made a decision it makes... No, that's the, that's the dumb market, okay? That's the dumb market. I'm a big free trader. But it has to be fair. So what's happened is we have lost... Stop it right there. That's such nonsense. When he says, I'm a big free trader, but it has to be fair, you know whose job it is to determine whether a trade is, fade, a tra uh, a trade is fair? The two people involved in the trade. You know whose job it is to determine whether a trade is fair? The two people involved in the trade and nobody else. Not Donald Trump, not the federal government, not your best friends. It's nobody else's job, okay? If I decide that I'm going to trade my services for your money, that is your idea, that is my idea. We get together and we make a trade. It is not Donald Trump's job to decide what is dumb, okay? And the idea that it's the dumb market causing people to outsource, that it's the dumb market causing people to fire people, Really? And he's such a liar. When he says that if, if Obama had called him up and told him, we want you to bring your money back into the country through your Trump businesses, he would have been honored. Bull bleep. Okay, he would have been complaining, saying, why is the government getting involved in my free market decisions? Utter nonsense. And then Donald Trump follows that whopper up by saying that he's very open-minded on environmental issues. So the left shouldn't, shouldn't make the mistake of thinking that he's just a hardcore anti-environmental, anti-global warming guy. Uh, at one point in the campaign, you said uh, it's a hoax. Yeah, I think it's a big scam for a lot of people to make a lot of money. In the meantime, China is eating our lunch because they don't they don't partake in all of the rules and regulations that we do. On the other hand, uh, you told The New York Times that you're open minded about I it. I am open minded. So where are I'm you on the environment? I'm still open minded. Nobody really knows. I've look. I'm somebody that gets it. And nobody really knows. It's not something that's so hard and fast. I do know this. Other countries are eating our lunch. If you look at what China is doing, if you look at what I could name country after country, you look at what's happening in Mexico, where our people just, our plants are being built. And they don't wait 10 years to get an approval to build a plant, okay? They build it like the following day or the following week. We can't let all of these permits that take forever to get stop our jobs. I won because of the fact. OK, is that clarifying to you in any way? Did you watch that clip and now you know what he thinks about the environment? Or did he just say exactly those two contrary things? He's open minded on the environment and he gets it. But at the same time, we can't be outcompeted by the Chinese. Again, I agree with the second thing that he's saying, that you have to be careful that you're not operating at a net disadvantage to other countries with regard to your environmental restrictions. Obviously, we have to protect the environment, but we also have to ensure that we're not operating at, at, this, mas at this massive and useless disadvantage. That's true. When he says he's open-minded on the environment, then invites Al Gore to the White House to talk with Ivanka Trump, you know, what are you going to be saying then? And here's Donald Trump talking about whether he, what he's going to be doing for Obama's legacy. Is he going to be dismantling Obama's legacy, like so many of his backers suggest? Or is it this? In the last few days, you have named cabinet heads, department agency people uh, at EPA, at labor, at health and human services, education, who are diametrically opposed to what those agencies have been doing for the last eight years. Fair to say that you're going to take a wrecking ball 
to the Obama legacy? No, no, no I don't want to do that at all. I just want what's right. Uh, EPA, you can't get things approved. I mean, people are waiting in line for 15 years before they get rejected, okay? That's why people don't want to invest in this country. I mean, you look at what's going on. And you can look at a jobs report, but take a look at the real jobs report, which are the, the millions messages, of people. Right? So see, he says the right thing after he says he doesn't want to take a wrecking ball to Obama's legacy, but it's Obama's legacy that is all of these regulations. So, you know, we'll find out what it's going to be. I hope that what he's saying on policy is right, and what he's saying for the rest is is just for the press. That's that's possible. But when he's talking about the dumb markets, when he's talking about being envir environmentally minded or open-minded on environmental issues, about not taking wrecking ball to Obama's legacy, just doing what's right. And then he's talking about trillion-dollar stimulus packages. I think that we have reason to be concerned. Here's what Donald Trump said about his intelligence briefings also. He said that he doesn't like to have regular intelligence briefings. I just want to ask you about your skepticism about the intelligence community. You are getting the presidential daily brief yes. only once a week. Well, I, I get it when I need it. But is, it, is there I, some know, skepticism? I, first of all, these are very good people that are giving me the briefings. And I say, if something should change from this point, immediately call me. I'm available on one minute's notice. I don't have to be told, you know, I'm like a smart person. I don't have to be told the same thing and the same words every single day for the next eight years. Could be eight years, but eight years. I don't need that. But I do say, if something should change, let us know. Now, in the meantime, my generals are great, are being briefed, and Mike Pence is being briefed who is, by the way, one of my very good decisions. He's terrific. And they're being briefed, and I'm being briefed also. But if they're going to come in and tell me the exact same thing that they told me, that, you know, it doesn't change necessarily. Now, there'll be times where it might change. I mean, there'll be some very fluid situations. I'll Talking be there not about, every day, but more saying, than that. Okay? But, it's his job as president of the United States to actually evaluate whether the intelligence ought to change his opinion. Do you see the cop-out that's about to happen here? Do you see the cop-out? Okay, let's say that you're working for a boss. And the boss says, you know, let's say you're an accountant, okay, and your boss is the head of the accounting firm. Let's call it Arthur Anderson, okay? And let's say that you're a lower down accountant. Your boss says, you know, I want you to really, I want you to take a close look at this Enron, at this Enron. You know, I don't want to hear the briefings like every day. I don't want to hear the updates. But you tell me if something changes. You just tell me if something changes. And then you come to him, you know, a month later, and you say, you know, a few things have changed. And he says, well, you know, not, not really big changes. You know, these changes aren't big enough to bring to me. Why are you bringing these changes to me? They're just not that big. You know, come to me when there's a big change. And then it turns out that Enron is a scam, and Arthur Anderson is going to go down. Who do you think is going to get blamed? Is it going to be the CEO, or is it going to be the lower-down guy who's supposed to be the gatekeeper? That's how this works. Okay, the idea here is that Donald Trump is supposed to be up on the news of the day so that he can make informed decisions. Not that Mike, did we elect Mike Pence president? I missed that part. Did we elect the general's president? It's one thing to delegate. It's another thing to say that you're not going to sit there and actually listen to the intelligence officials who are giving you the intel. Like you should actually be, I'm sorry, but again, this is a bipartisan thing. You should be sitting, and we ripped Obama a new one for doing this. Obama supposedly didn't go to intelligence briefings for weeks at a time. And we on the right said, that's crazy. How can the president of the United States be foregoing intelligence briefings at a time when terrorism is on the rise all around the globe? And then it's Trump. It's like, okay, whatever. Okay, no biggie. You can't do that. And again, I don't even know what the intelligence briefings would mean to him, given that he just put out a press release yesterday suggesting that the intelligence community are the same idiots who got Iraq wrong. So what does he even believe from them in the first place? 
all of this is kind of flying by the seat of his pants. We all are crossing our fingers and praying and hoping for the best. But those of us who are in a position of political responsibility, and I'm specifically talking about senators and congresspeople, you don't have the luxury of crossing your fingers and hoping for the best. You need to call him out when he does bad stuff because you were also entrusted with the power and the trust of the American people, and it is your job to stop bad things when they happen. Again, the fact that we're now relying on Mitch McConnell to stop Donald Trump from running roughshod over him scares the hell out of me. Where are all the conservatives? Where are all the Tea Partiers who used to like think that stimulus was bad, this trillion-dollar stimulus nonsense? Here's Mitch McConnell. Mitch, if, you're, if, you, if our last hope is Mitch McConnell, we are so screwed, gang. Mitch McConnell said on, on infrastructure, quote, It'll be interesting to see how this is put together. I hope we avoid a trillion-dollar stimulus. Does that sound like somebody who's going to stand up to Trump? It'll be interesting to see how this is put together. I hope we avoid... Well, I have an easy way for you to avoid it. Just say you're not going to pass it. Just say we're not going to pass a trillion-dollar stimulus. End of story. It's dead as a doornail right now. It's done. But he's not going to do that. And neither are the other Republicans. And that's a problem. Because things don't just become good because Trump does them, and they don't just become bad because Trump does them. They're good or bad in and of themselves. All right. Time for some things I like and then some things that I hate. So, things that I like. uh, I made the mistake of actually reading this book uh, on paper as opposed to listening to it on audiobooks. All my friends have listened to it on audio, uh, and they say it's, it's much better. M- Norm MacDonald, who's very, very funny, uh, has a new book out called Based on a True Story. And there's about four chapters of it that are absolutely hysterical. The whole book isn't super-duper funny all the way through, although I guess that if you listen to it on audio, it's much funnier. Uh, because Norm MacDonald's style, for people who don't know, it's really low-key, and he sort of clubs you into submission. He'll, he'll tell you a story that's eight minutes long with no real punchline along the way, but it's just hilarious that he's dragging it out this long and with all the details and the way he tells it. He's like, it's, it, and, and so there's some of that in here. There's, there's about three chapters that are some of the best comedy writing ever, just spectacular, spectacular comedy writing. And so based on a true story by Norm MacDonald, very, very funny stuff. Okay, time for some things I hate. Now, by the way, I have been made aware that there's a wild imbalance between how I do things I like and things I hate, that I do about 10 seconds on a book I like, and then I do 10 minutes on stuff I hate. But, yeah, that's sort of how my life works. In any case, we'll jump right into the things I hate. So Barack Obama still can't understand why Donald Trump's going to replace him, because how could this reality TV star mogul idiot replace him? And here is what, and here is what, um, here's why. Okay, let me explain. Go ahead. Like Cubs fans into the Oval Office. It's probably not a coincidence that your popularity is at an all-time high. So I, I would just stick with this. If I were you, I would just ride this baby. It's not going to happen. It's going to happen long before you make this putt. He's golfing in the Oval Office. That's a nice stroke. You know who I recommend you play with is uh, Jordan Spieth. He's literally sitting in the Oval Office golfing. Oh, come on. Sorry, it's got to go in. So you have to have a computer or something like that. You go on a computer. On your computer, you can go on your phone. You'll be able to shop 
for the kind of insurance that's best for you. All right. Where, where does Michelle uh, keep your money? Which drawers? Are you <laughs> Just stay out of those drawers and don't press any of those buttons. Huh? But remember to go to healthcare.gov, shop for healthcare between November 1st oh and December 15th. My you want healthcare by God. I can't imagine why the Democrats lost. I can't imagine why they lost. You got Bill Murray in the Oval Office pretending that he doesn't have health insurance. Okay, the chances that Bill Murray does not have health insurance are not only zero, they are less than zero. There's actually a negative chance that Bill Murray does not have health insurance. And there he is with Obama playing, oh, yeah, and then they're going to give you a little lecture about how to get health insurance at healthcare.gov, the crappiest website on the Internet. And it's just, it's, it's amazing stuff. And then he wonders, why is it that nobody takes me seriously? Why does everyone think I'm just a celebrity? How could a celebrity replace me? Oh, I don't know. You're golfing into a glass with Bill Murray while talking about Obamacare. I'm going to go with that as the probable reason. No wonder no wonder our country is so screwed. Okay, uh, other things that I hate. A second City, which is a funny comedy troupe. Actually, Bill Murray, I believe, started in Second City, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but Bill Murray... Uh, but but Second City has now offered this warning to people who go to Second City, uh, which is this comedy troupe in, in Chicago. Second City has a zero-tolerance policy and does not allow hate speech of any kind, whether it's directed toward our artists, employees, or patrons. Those verbalizing any homophobic, misogynistic, xenophobic, racist, or prejudiced comments will be asked to leave. So basically, I guess that the comedians are just going to get up there and read the phone book. So that's exciting. I mean, seriously, when's the last time that you saw... A really good comedian who didn't say anything. Homophobic, misogynistic, xenophobic, racist, or prejudiced. I mean, really, like a, like a great... Com- just watch a Louis C.K. routine, okay? There's no such thing as a comedy routine that is any good. Even if they're just mocking the homophobia of the, themselves. Like, very often, they'll, they'll tell a gay joke. And the whole point of the gay joke is not that they're making fun of gays. is that they're a redneck, right? Or the whole point of them being misogynistic in this joke is that they're a jerk when it comes to women. I mean, it's a very common comedy trope, right? I'm sure that Bill Murray, when he does his stand-up comedy, if he still does, tells jokes that, that infringe on this sort of stuff. I mean, if you, if you do, if you do a, a, a whole blue routine, as many of these comedians do, where all they're talking about is sex, there's going to be a lot there that's misogynistic. And they, again, you can't get through a, a decent comedy routine without offending somebody, but Second City now doesn't want anybody offended. So Second City, the leading comedy troupe uh, in the country, have now decided that it's more important that nobody be offended. Honest to goodness. I mean, just talk about a humorless society when your leading comedy troops are afraid that if they say something uh, to offend somebody, that, that they have to be shut down. Just, just incredible. Okay, other final thing that I hate for today. So feminists in Texas, this doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. So feminists in Texas are very angry at the governor of Texas. Uh, and they're very angry at the governor of Texas because the governor of Texas is pro-life. And so they've decided that they're going to send him bloody tampons. Or faux bloody tampons. Do we know if these things are actually like the, like the real deal? Or if these are just, um, or, or if they're just faking it. So apparently, uh, they're very upset with the legislation that would require hospitals and, cl- and abortion clinics in the state to cremate or bury the unborn babies they kill, not contingent on the period of gestation, as opposed to sending the baby's remains to be incinerated or dumped in a landfill. So now, I guess that they are sending. Uh, they, I guess that now that they are they are sending um, this uh, these used tampons. So here is what some of these feminists are doing. They said, yo, Texas ladies, I'm sure you heard. As of December 19th, all miscarried and aborted fetal tissue must be cremated or buried in the state of Texas. So if you aren't sure about the fertilized status of your used tampons, panty liners, or indefinitely ruined underpants, place them in a four-by-six bubble envelope and mail them to the office of Governor Greg Abbott for testing. It's your civic duty. Okay, let me explain something to the ladies about basic biology, and then I'll explain something to them about politics. So, basic biology. Number one, I don't 
think you understand the difference between a miscarriage and just your period. So when you have your period, that means the egg wasn't fertilized. When you have a miscarriage, that means the egg was fertilized. So there's a difference, right? And I know that because I learned biology in fifth grade. You don't. Okay, but apparently you think that, that all bloody show is exactly the same. It's just ridiculous. Okay, now something about politics. Number one, I don't understand why you're so upset about what happens with the baby afterward. After all, would you care if they passed a law saying that they have to bury your kidney? I thought that you just thought that this was a, a bunch of nonsense anyway. So what do you care if it's burned or if it's, if it's incinerated or cremated or buried in the state of Texas? What do you care? What do you care what happens to it afterward? You don't care about it when it's in your body. So what do you care about it when it's gone? I didn't, I, I, are you aware of like how your doctor gets rid of your of your bunion after he does the surgery? Like, this is what you think fetus, this is what you think babies are, is what you think fetuses are. So why are you so concerned about that? Second of all, do you think that Greg Abbott is going to be convinced about your abortion beliefs because you send him your bloody underwear? Is that really your idea? I mean, honestly, it's actually creating an incentive for for Greg Abbott to ban all methods of contraception because then you can't have a period to send him your bloody show in your underwear. Right? Then you'll stay pregnant, presumably, and then you can't have anything to send to him. So just, just from, a, from a basic logical point of view, this seems to lack. But I guess the idea here is just to gross everybody out, and then they'll be so grossed out that you'll have shown that you're really tough. Ooh. Well, you wonder why people like Trump. When you wonder why, you, you sit around going, look at all the vulgarity, the vulgarity of Donald Trump. Yeah, I'm sure that people are deeply worried about the vulgarity of Donald Trump when you're literally sending people your bloody underpants. Really gross. Also, really not sanitary. I believe it's against federal law. I don't think you're allowed to ship medical samples like that in the mail. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty certain. So, um, in any case, I, I recommend that all of those women go have their head checked because, obviously, uh, they have some, some other bodily issues that need work. Alrighty. So tomorrow we will be back and we'll be doing some deconstructing of the culture because it's a Tuesday, everybody's favorite segment. We'll be doing that and uh, we'll have much more to talk about, I'm sure. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.